1: Hello, Frisco friends. You're listening to Focus on Frisco, a podcast dedicated to everything happening in Frisco, Texas. I am your host, Rick Rogers, owner of the Frisco Enterprise and Star Local Media. And along with me, as always, is our reporter extraordinaire, Audrey Henvey. Hey, Audrey. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you're always here. I know. You know what I just like to be
2: thankful. You're this... supposed to approach life with gratitude.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But you know who we should thank? is our guest today. Absolutely. And
3: that is Donnie Churchman, the founder of NAC Development. And I'm supposed to thank you for having me. Now, So okay. I am full of gratefulness.
1: Gratitude. <laughs> I love it. I love
3: it. Well, you know what, Donnie? Uh, I think we're going to talk a
1: lot about what's happening here in the rail district in downtown Frisco. And um, you know what? I think we should thank you for what you're doing here downtown and the investment that you're making your company is making into the rail district in downtown frisco and uh, let's just kind of jump right into it Um, we're actually recording this podcast at makers gym which happens to be located at patios at the rail which happens to be part of the NAC development
3: Yes, it, it was our first vision, our first creation for the Real District. And Maker's Gym has just kind of been the, the beautiful butterfly that came out of it um, with the way they have finished this out. And it's over 12,000 square feet of creativity and innovation and allows for us to do things like this as a podcast and allows for someone who's a recording artist to come in or someone who... Uh, makes commercials or movies or is a photographer, or you just want to grab a seat for some co-working space, this Maker's Gym has really just become uh, an amazing, creative, uh, very unique space in all of Frisco, not just the rail district.
1: Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And we're glad to, be to call it the home for Focus on Frisco podcast. Um, so, Donnie, let's talk about just, I think the simple question is just to kind of start is, You know, let's talk a little bit about your story. Um, Why Frisco? You know, the the kind of genesis behind uh, NAC development and uh, who Donnie Churchman
3: is. Why Frisco is simple. I live here. Uh, Moved here 11 years ago next month from California uh, because of what I think what we're about to experience now. Uh, The market had been so bad out there. And uh, my family and I looked for a, a city to move to. Or an area to move to that we thought during the next downturn, it'd be insulated from a major crash like California experienced. And when I say I think we're headed towards maybe a softening in the market here, um, it's still very much insulated from what I believe the rest of the country and even the world will feel. Um, And and that's how we ended up in North Texas, ended up in Frisco for the school districts. Um, I have a 19-year-old with Down syndrome. So at the time, he was eight Um, It was very important for us to find a program for him um, where he can continue to learn and thrive. And we landed on Frisco for that reason. Um, Fast forwarding all the way to the rail district, you know, I started in real estate back in 2000 um, as a lobbyist for the Home Building Association and really wasn't uh, sure where that career would take me. I definitely did not know I'd be developing old downtowns or redeveloping old downtowns 20 something years later. Um, However, here I am. And when we were doing that type of work back then, I said we when I when I was doing that work back then. um, It led to a lot of home building. Uh, The home builder I worked for, we were doing about 450 homes a year. Um, The crash came for us in 06, 07 uh, in California. And when we came out here, I still was in that home building realm, worked for Pulte Homes, worked for uh, a large REIT that did uh, uh, build to rent homes. So I was out buying for that firm and decided I knew this area well enough now. It was time to go back to doing my own thing, which I had done uh, for about five, six years. And Started act development, thinking I was going to buy land, develop, and sell the loss to home builders. So I did that down off of Main Street and four twenty three, and that was my first deal. And Blue Bloomfield Homes came in and purchased that, and I think they're still building right now okay. out there. And started looking for more deals, and found Beezer Homes, D R Horton, Pulte, Bloomfield. They were blowing me away in what they could pay for the land. And Matt Calloway was listing the double dip for sale, the double dip frozen custard for sale, and uh, an investor of mine at the time said, "Let's look at that project." And my response was, "Why? <laughs> right? That's not <laughs> what I do. Um, you know, I'm looking for 20 plus acres, right?" And I met with Matt, and the car wash next to the double dip was for sale. I remember that? And he just said, can't you imagine this really cool, iconic project? And I could, uh, but nothing was going on in downtown Frisco at the time. So I figured if I'm going to do one project, I need to focus on the entire downtown, right? Because one project isn't going to do the trick. Uh, Quickly ended up purchasing, I think, about 13 uh, properties within the first year. So we could do that. And my passion has always been for downtowns. So I was able to now do what I knew how to do from previous experience, but in my passion of uh, being in the downtown. So, Donnie, your, your, your story is a little similar to mine. We moved here in 2011,
1: which I believe you did, too. Yes. We moved here from Missouri. Uh, yeah. We moved. I moved for what was then a corporate uh, job opportunity, but we moved to Frisco because of the school districts. Uh, and... In my previous life in Missouri, I I had I managed media companies in, in smaller communities, mostly like the 20,000 population or less, where the downtown, the square in many cases, was the heart of the community. But in many cases those squares had declined in terms of foot traffic. They had become more kind of antique shops and flea markets and services like lawyers' offices. There wasn't really a lot of um, life in them. Now, that's actually changing in Missouri where I used to be. And since I moved here 10, 11 years ago, it's changing here in downtown Frisco as well over the last five years. Talk about the rail district that's kind of a new term that describes this area downtown that we're in. Um, what was the purpose behind rebranding this area and calling it the rail district?
3: Yeah, it, it needed character, right? It, it needed um, branding. And when I came down here, actually, uh, Matt Calloway introduced me to the members of the advisory board one day. They didn't know I was coming. And, they said, and he said, this is the guy I've been telling you about that's going to redevelop the downtown. And I gave literally a minute and a half kind of overview of what i plan on doing and they stood up and clapped for me really Um, And i would never met any of them at the time i was like okay this is very strange what what just happened (laughs) right Um, because i didn't know any of them by name didn't know any of them by face at that point um and they gave me a standing ovation you know about seven people um I thought, this is really cool. And then quickly, I started to be bombarded with information. We think we need to do this down here. Or, gosh, we really need some cool restaurants. We need some entertainment. And what do you think of calling this the freight district? Or what do you think of calling it the grain district? And everyone had these names. Uh, Rail district was one of them. And I knew the freight district was actually in Reno, uh, Nevada. I'd heard of that before. And, you know, to me, it would be like calling— this district, the Gaslamp District, right? Sure. Um, and San Diego already has that. Um, so when I heard Rail District, I hadn't heard of that district name before, but then I started looking at my projects, and I thought the patios at the rail, right? The tower at the rail. Uh, at the time, our Richie Gin project, um, I think we were calling it the block, uh, the block at the rail. And okay. it, all of that just worked. So I just started calling my projects at the rail, and then it was really the advisory board and the downtown merchants that ran with it and um, even some city staff and they presented it to city council and the city council liked it and they just kind of started to terminate the rail district and it stuck and that was I started 6 years ago down here so that that was probably about a year and a half into it
1: yeah yeah and you know
3: and definitely i think it's given
1: the downtown area like you said an identity the identity for NAC development has a story as well. Audrey and I were talking about that. It actually goes back. There's a little family history in
3: the yeah. name NAC. Right, Audrey? I think you had mentioned that.
2: I think so. There's a connection to Pasadena. Is that right? And Pasadena,
3: California. Yes. And so my grandparents' last name's is NAC. So most people try and guess what N-A-C-K stands for. And I let them go <laughs> for about two, three minutes. A North American, right? <laughs> and then I'd break it to him. Now it's a family name. Uh, so it's my grandparents' um, last name. Uh, my grandmother, uh, Katie Knack, is just an amazing woman. World War II, She's one of 100 women, uh, maybe 200. I get the two universities mixed up, but uh, entered into the mathematics uh, department at University of Texas. Uh, So she actually was from Tyler, Texas. Okay. Um, And then after that was one of 100 women entered into the architectural uh, school at UCLA. And it's kind of funny because my grandfather went to USC, so the big rivals. Uh, And then she was the second ever architect in the state of California. But from there, she went to planning commission, um, city council of Pasadena, and in 1994, mayor of Pasadena. And during that time, she got to oversee a lot of the redevelopment and the recreation uh, of downtown Pasadena, which was pretty blighted. It wasn't a place you really wanted to go to with, uh, during those years of me growing up. Um, actually, I never was really taken down there. I, we drove really? through there. Uh, but for me, my experiences were going to the Rose Parade, the Rose Bowl, and staying on those streets with hundreds of thousands of people You know, back then they would throw marshmallows at you uh, the night before the Rose Parade. And if a car drove down the street, they they outlawed that. (laughs) Um, And then it became tortillas and then they outlawed that. Uh, So that's all I got to see of Pasadena walking as a young child. But I still remember the downtown area was pretty blighted. And now it's one of the best downtowns in the country. And it just stuck with me. Whenever I see downtowns, I think of downtown Pasadena. And it's not even my favorite downtown. My favorite downtown is Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, but I always had that nostalgic thought of, I remember when Pasadena was this, and now look what it is today. Sounds like you got a little bit of
1: that uh, architect and developer seed in you from, from your grandmother. That's amazing.
3: Yeah, and my mom actually ended up, uh, she was an architect for a while and then an economic developer. So I get, I get a lot of it from my family. It's amazing. So let's take a little
1: tour of what's going on here in the rail district and downtown Frisco. And let's, let's start at the patios at the rail, because as you mentioned, this is kind of where it all all started. Um, you know, what, it, what, how would you describe the patios today? And I guess maybe for those who haven't been downtown in a while, uh, maybe they don't live in Frisco, but they're listening because this podcast goes to our entire network. Um, you know, what would you tell people to, you know, when they come to Frisco, why stop at the patios, of the rail?
3: Well, first of all, if you get to the second floor, you're going to be shocked because we have a park on top of the parking garage. And there was a gentleman that had his 50th birthday party here recently. About a hundred people came and I bet about 85 of them had no idea this was here. The park and the building. I didn't know the park was <laughs> up here
1: and until I came here to the makers. Yeah. So you got
3: to get up to the second floor to see our park and gathering place uh, for folks. Um, but it. We're going to be opening the restaurants here in about four months. Uh, Giola's Italian Kitchen, coming from San Diego, California, will be the first to open. Uh, Alejandra's uh, Cochina is also the same of the same part of the same restaurant group. Okay. They'll open about two months after that. Both of them are going to be absolutely fantastic restaurants. Um, I've eaten at Giola's twice now in Carlsbad, California, and it's amazing Italian food. Um, Alejandra's is going to be a, an upscale Mexican dining, not Tex-Mex. Uh, but Mexican dining upscale, so it's fine dining. Um, it's going to be very nice. But we already have we have the the flagship store of tumbleweed Textiles here. Yes, absolutely. Um, just Texas fashion, uh, tr- just through their their entire store. You got to come in and see it. You know, with the the Topachico bottles as a as a chandelier and you know things of that nature. Um, but their shirts are amazing. Their leather goods are fantastic. We already talked about Maker's Gym and how unique it is in in this space. And we have La Finca Coffee and Bakery, which I'm at every morning. Um, every morning, I'm getting my cold brew there.
1: Audrey goes every Monday morning. Yes,
3: yes. so I can't we can't stay away. Okay, so we're going to turn that into Tuesday, and then eventually Wednesday. <laughs> it's a process.
1: Uh, we have to we have to limit her caffeine intake. Yes,
3: and and Lee Gonzalez, the owner of La Finca, is a connoisseur of coffee. Uh, he he's taught me so much just how to taste it. And do you, do you taste the nuttiness in that? Or you, do you taste the fruit flavors in that one? Uh, and he, he just really knows his coffee and travels the world to meet with the farmers who produce the coffee beans. And then he roasts them in-house here. And his wife actually does the baking in the back. And it, it's just an amazing place to, to spend your time uh, having meetings, as you might do on Mondays. Um, or just coming and getting a coffee or a pastry or whatever it may be. Um, next to that, there's K27 Performance, which is former Major League uh, Baseball all-star Matt Kemp. Um, he played many years with the Dodgers and uh, had a few other stints with some other okay, teams, okay. Uh, the Padres, the Braves. And he does uh, athletic performance training there, and I believe they started doing group classes there as well. Uh, state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, Matt Callaway and his wife just opened Chibo Kitchens, which is more of a ghost kitchen concept that has— Um, Trans transitioned into all of those commercial chefs that need a place to bake or cook or whatever it may be can now rent that space from them and provide that food to restaurants or sell it right there. I believe they do pop ups on Saturdays uh, for uh, different chefs to sell their their goods right right out of the restaurant there or out of the kitchen there. Uh, We have atrium salon on the second floor that looks out over the the park that we created. Uh beautiful state of the art salon, a lot of greenery in there. Um they I see some of the social media they post and you know I'm a bald guy. I'm like, man, I wish I had hair. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, they uh they do an amazing job. And you know, a lot of times when you when you hear people talk about salons, uh it's can get a little catty and you, you hear the cattiness. And when I hear people mention Atrium salon they have no idea who I am, so I just kind of listen in, um, and they say really nice things about the ladies that work there and the men that work there. Um, so that that's just rewarding and refreshing to hear that they're doing a good job there.
1: Are you involved in in picking kind of you know what's going to be featured in the patios? Are Are you involved in that? Do you have a team involved in kind of identifying who's going to be tenants?
3: Yeah, so we have we have a team. Um, we're hundred percent leased out now. Uh, So at the, at the time when we were doing it, it was Matt Calloway leasing it and Matt would come to me with all sorts of opportunities. And for example, we had one pizza chain that's an international chain that we've all heard of that were offering us through the roof pricing and we wouldn't do it. Uh, We didn't want any chains. We wanted unique individual businesses here that if they're going to be recreated, they'll be recreated in old downtowns. Okay, okay. That's um, why I was
1: wondering if there's kind of a certain type of, of tenant. I, I don't like the word tenant. Maybe there's a better word. But, you know, yeah, just b- business. business yeah. Partner, yeah, business partner that you want in there. So it sounds like there is.
3: There is, and we're very uh, committed to that. And we a lot of change probably got upset with us. I know one of them got upset with us that we wouldn't allow them in. It just was not what I thought would help kickstart a downtown and i don't think it's really gonna be what stabilizes a downtown either right we have a lot of for lack of a better word mom and pops um doing great things down here and they were before we came too. so our whole point in coming was let's help them thrive let's those that are already here let's help them get even better and there won't be any turnover in businesses down here.
1: Well, a great example is Scott at Dee Dee's downtown, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Scott's done an amazing job building building that brand just across the street. I'm sure when people come to the patios, they see Dee Dee's. Oh, man, we should go there. I see him on Facebook all the time posting about food. Let's go have dinner there tomorrow.
3: Yeah, or when it snowed here, Scott shows up to his restaurant and snow skis. Right? <laughs> I, and- I actually came. I saw him, that he was open,
1: and I, I was in the dark at home. I came and worked <laughs> at his restaurant one day. So.
3: Man. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so- so we're we're very intentional on the types of businesses we want in in our projects to help the downtown thrive
1: so Audrey, let's head west down Main Street. And a place that you've been to a few times and I think you were just there recently, Nac Theatre. Um, yes. yeah, so describe kind of what you uh, you've been in the Knack a couple times now, what it's like inside and then, you know, kind of we'll talk to Donnie about the vision for the theater.
2: Man, I remember walking in the first time, I think it was for a Frisco Chamber of Commerce event and I think they were doing a tea up for the legislature right before that was starting. And I drive up to this theater and I'm like, "Oh, what's the Nac Theater?" and it's got this cool old-fashioned vibe to it on the outside. This old-looking architecture. And you walk in, and I was expecting some big, grand. I didn't know what to expect. And I walk in, and it's this beautiful, intimate theater. With you, you can't get a bad seat in the house at all. It was the perfect setting. I've been there. We were at Frisco's Got Talent for the finals. Can you talk to me about you know what was the idea behind having that kind of small, intimate setting?
3: Yeah, and you know I probably have had the best compliments in the last month on that project uh, that I really intended when we built that. And it was four different people have asked me what it used to be. And that was the point. We built it from ground up, brand new. And from the outside, people think we remodeled the inside.
1: Doesn't look like it. Uh,
3: So that that was the best compliment because that's what we tried to do. And one of those four people was my mom. (laughs) Um, You get a compliment from your mom. You're doing something right. She said, what was this before? Like, oh, you don't know the story, mom. Come on. <laughs> uh, so it was just really nice that people think from the outside, this is an old historic building. Um, so I loved that. Uh, you know, we've gone through probably a year of I'm being very honest and open uh, and transparent with you on the theater of some naysayers on the theater. Uh, people coming in saying, oh, the acoustics aren't perfect. Um, the bathroom situation isn't perfect. Um uh, You know, the lighting isn't state-of-the-art, and it was never intended to be that, right? It was always intended to be a small, old-school theater that you get your good, old-fashioned entertainment at. And that's what we're providing now, and I think people are finally starting to get that. That, okay, I'm not going to go see J-Lo here, right? Uh, This is a place where my kids get to perform. Right or like Frisco's Got Talent and Jason Young, who's been programming the the theater for the last few months now, coming up with these really cool ideas that are all community-centric, and that's what this theater is about. This theater is not a performing arts theater that's state-of-the-art. right? This is a theater where on a Saturday night you can bring your family down and just enjoy some good old-fashioned entertainment. And one thing that I think emphasized that that is cool coming out of it was COVID, right? When we had to sit at home and play board games or whatever with our family, Mm -hmm. some of those altruistic themes, uh, the good old days came back. And one of it was, what more can we do with our family? And that's what the neck theater provides, right? You can come down there with your seven year old or your 17 year old, um, or just husband and wife date night and be entertained. And part of what the Knack Theater does is also what a downtown does. You know, when, when markets soften, things contract to the center of a, of a city, and the downtown's always the center of the city. And I think we saw that in COVID, too, where what do we got to get back to? We got to get back to our roots, right? Well, that that happens in in softening markets, too. You get back to your roots, which is the downtown. And we're providing opportunity for everyone down here for entertainment, for uh, eateries, um, things of that nature.
2: And you've had such a versatility of of programming down there too. I think uh, I mentioned the chamber event. Um, y'all had a band from Tennessee come out and play. Mm -hmm. Um, y'all had the Frisco's got talent. So it seems like there's just an array of things that, that are coming through for that same venue.
3: Yeah. And I'd love to say it's because we're brilliant. Right. (laughs) Uh, but the reality is we had to test, right. What will people come out and see? Sure. And, By and far, the most successful event was Frisco's Got Talent, Um, not just because we sold out, but the reaction that people got and the experience they got from it. uh, We want to come back. So some of the folks that made the finals are now doing their own shows. So the magician from Frisco's Got Talent is going to do a magic show there. Uh, We have the Revelation Band, the 11, 12, and 13-year-olds that are doing a show there in a month. And gosh, I think they're a fourth of the way sold out already for this little, these young guys doing a rock band. But this gives them a venue to do just that. Exactly. And if it
1: was in a 1,000 seat performing arts center, there's no way they could obviously perform
3: there. Not a chance. Not a chance. And what we want to try is to continue to do these things, right? We'll have recitals there. Uh, Quarterly, we'll do something like a Frisco's Got Talent. Uh, Maybe we'll see if Audrey thinks she can dance. Right. She Uh,
1: plays the viola. Right. Maybe
3: something like that. I'll do the backup Uh, music. Maybe she could be a Frisco idol. Uh, We might do something like that. I like that. Uh, And we have, because of, I think, that one event, so many more people calling and asking about it now. Very cool. Very cool. So
1: let's talk about some projects that are in the works. And I think we'll start with The Tower okay um what is the vision for the tower kind of where does it stand in terms of um being being built and uh let's let's just kind of inform the public on what the tower is
3: the tower was has been a fun one because when i started down here people told me i was crazy and then when i flew out to virginia and washington dc to tour brownstones
2: mm-hmm.
3: true brownstones to give me some vision to design brownstones in downtown Frisco, Texas, people thought we were insane. Uh, when we priced them at half a million dollars and they sold out in just a few months, people thought we were very smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that changes, uh, the right? The line is yes. in between yes. crazy and smart. And now we have our building right in front of those brownstones, 8,000-square-foot, two-story building about to be completed within the next 14 days. That will will have the melted chocolate dessert bar in there, which will also consist of live music, tropical there my, drinks. There goes my diet. Yes, we'll <laughs> wait till you hear what's next to it: board and bread, charcuterie. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, with a full bar, so perfect date night. Awesome, right? Go get your charcuterie and head on over for dessert. Uh, right up above is going to be a salon, more of a. I don't want to call it a hair spa, but it's it, it's. Creative culture hair is what she's calling it. Uh, It's Rachel Rush, just a very cool individual that is known uh, for her coloring throughout the country. She's done a lot in Beverly Hills, actually, uh, but their roots are here in Frisco. And next to her, we have our last vacant space in all of downtown, actually, in all of our projects, which is 1745 square feet. And we just heard from two unique uh, businesses that... We'll probably submit an offer by end of day tomorrow, so we'll have two to choose from there that uh, there's nothing like it in downtown, right, right now. So we're excited to get that off the ground. and those will probably be opening right around the end of September.
1: You know, there's a lot of conversation throughout all of North Texas about mixed use, about the whole, you know, obviously live, work, play. I don't know how you feel about this, but I've always looked at downtowns as kind of the original mixed use developments from decades ago. Do you look at it that way now or, and in, in how it is today in 2022?
3: hundred percent that when I Googled downtown years ago and it talks about New York and when New York was actually founded and it, all it really meant was where commerce takes place, right? Well, where commerce t- takes place is also where you want to be able to live. Right, and roll out your door right into the office. And gosh, if I don't have to leave that area to eat or be entertained as well, what, what a great place. And we've now proven that theory in downtown Frisco with real estate going through the roof down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than any other place in the entire city, the per square foot price is crazy down here. Uh, same with the buildings, uh, the land the businesses are selling at complete record prices that you can't find anywhere else in the city of Frisco. So what we thought could happen has happened. And the crazy thing to me and when Audrey and I talked a few months ago, I said, I think we're only about 15% of the way there. So there's I'm working on a on a large wow project that hopefully I can get through with the city. And if, and if that happens, our downtown, it will be absolutely amazing. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right. Well, hey, uh, you know, hey, the, a good place to break news like that when you're ready, Donnie, is the Frisco Enterprise. I'm just going to say it. So just let us know when that's ready. I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Good. Good Good. deal. Um, so when you say the rail district, let's give people some perspective. I mean, is that a from this street to this street Does it encompass all of downtown? I mean, you have obviously Frisco Square. Then you have the rail. What is the rail district?
3: I think west to east, it's from the railroad tracks on the west to maybe a a block past the patios here at North County, South County um, on the east. And then from north, south to the north, you're going to go up to probably Memorial Stadium uh, where the original Frisco High School was. Mm -hmm. And to the south down to Hickory would uh, that's,
1: yeah, be about, that's a good yeah. about
3: the boundary area there uh, for the rail district. So you really have the eclectic homes. You've seen some homes built on 6th Street now that are uh, modern cool. yeah. yet traditional. Yeah. Uh, that I know uh, Brittany Kohlberg actually lives in one of them. She's a planning commissioner here in the city. Uh, so her and her husband, uh, we call him E. Rich, Eric, uh, have been doing some cool things in the downtown, like community parties and things um, that weren't really here before. And on the, on the north side, you have more of those uh, traditional historical homes on the north side of Main Street. Mm-hmm. And then Main Street and a little bit of Oak and in the future Elm is going to be where all the commerce takes place.
1: Have you heard from residents in terms of, I mean, how are they embracing the kind of resurgence of, of the rail district?
3: Well, it always go, comes back to no one likes change, right? So oh, that, sure. that yeah. was the beginning. Yeah. Um, but fast forward six years, it's this is great. There's a lot more to do down here. Um, but there's still a little bit of, hey, don't forget about us. Don't forget about our sidewalks. Don't forget about our utility issues. Um, so that, that's why when I say we're 15% of the way there, uh, there's still... What might seem like little things are tremendously large things. I love the saying that small hinges swing big doors. So when you make those small changes, you're going to have drastic improvements. Uh, so I think for the residents that live down here and they lived down here for a while and they've seen a lot of the improvements from the commercial side, um, they're ready to see those improvements on the residential side. And I know the city's working on it. So ho- hopefully they don't have to wait much longer.
2: Yeah. I know that's kind of a an integral part of what the city is, is planning on doing with Elm Street and with Main Street and with that Fourth Street Plaza as well. How are how are those developments and what that's looking like now? How is that going to impact what you're doing on on your end of things?
3: You know, it's a rising tide, right? We just are helping each other out. I think when we're done, we've, we'll we'll put in well with costs going up anywhere from seventy to ninety million into the downtown. I think the city's looking at around twelve to twenty million on that project. And th- that plaza, I think, can be a great amenity for the downtown and for the city if it's done right. right. I, I, my opinion is you can't just put a plaza in and think all of a sudden it's going to take off, right? We're going to have to amenitize the plaza, mm-hmm. right? Give people reason to come to the plaza. Programming, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where there's programming or businesses that front it um, or back up to it. Uh, we're gonna need to do things like that, and they have to continue to focus on widening the sidewalks down here. Right, uh, the sidewalks is a big deal here at the patios. Our sidewalks are 18 feet, mm-hmm. right? You walk the rest of the downtown, they're eight feet. Um, if we're lucky, so as long as they move forward with that project of widening those sidewalks, slowing down traffic a little bit, uh, and making it a pedestrian experience and not a car experience in the downtown, I. I think it's just we're all going to benefit each other.
1: All right, so we have another one more development to talk about, at least, and that is maybe my favorite development, the Richie Gin. Yes. Yeah. So, give us an update on kind of what uh, the status is of that, because I I hear that there's a big brewery maybe planned for it.
3: Yes. So the Richie Gin has gone through three iterations. We started that with an office building and brownstones, and the more I talk to f- Current Frisco leaders and former Frisco leaders, they had always envisioned office space there. So we actually went back and designed an absolutely gorgeous 135,000 square foot office building there. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all of a sudden, this idea to put a large office building didn't make a whole lot of sense anymore. Sure. With, as we all know, people working from home. And I always wanted to do a brewery. I didn't know of anyone who would want to build and operate a brewery, and that's usually my most difficult problem, is I think, I know this business will thrive, but who's going to operate? Who's going to own? And got a call from a a friend one day and says, hey, do you have time to meet with the group that wants to do a brewery in downtown? (laughs) And I said, I'm, I'm already here. What time can you be here? Uh, so we met, and that brewery has now become Frisco Brewing Company, uh, Frisco's very first distribution brewery ever uh, since inception of the city. And there's a gentleman named Lee McDonald uh, behind that. And he has a team of four or five folks that are his partners on the project, I'm not allowed to say who the head brewer is yet, yeah, their sure. brewmaster, um, but definitely coming from a brewery. If you like beer, you've heard of them. Uh, so they, they know what they're doing. It's going to be a fun time. They have a large open space next to their brewery, which is about 18,000 square feet of open space that so they'll be programming uh, outside of their breweries. And they have a restaurant attached to it. And their restaurant is more of that farm-to-table idea. I think they're going to have a butcher in there, a butcher shop in there. Wow! Uh, even a little bakery in there. So and and it's full circle, right? It's what the the grains the cows are eating are the leftover grains from the brewery, uh, which to me is like okay, th- this that's, is pretty that, cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, and and they are an innovative group that when we get to open that brewery. Uh, full disclosure, we're having to work through all these material costs right now increases with well, inflation no, uh, yeah, to yeah. make sure this deal works. Um, we will get there no, without a doubt, hundred percent. We will build this and they will open. It's just a matter of timing now.
1: So where exactly confirmed, confirm for us where this is going to be located. So in the, the
3: district? actual address is 6601 Frisco square Boulevard. So it's right between first and second street. Uh, across from Haystack Burger, there's a ah, large open plot of land there. It's about it. 1.7 acres. So on the north side is Frisco Square. On the south side, it's Elm Street. On the west, it's first. And on the east, it's second. Got it. Got it.
1: Any other developments or anything
3: else that you want to kind of give an update on? Um, you know, one we didn't touch on is the old Ford building. Uh, the old Ford building is might be my favorite project just because it re- re- blah, blah, i can't talk. We restored it. It happens right. this all the time. Don't yes. Uh, when we bought that building, it was neglected. It had a hallway through the middle of the building with little kind of executive suites off of it. And so many people had come and gone from that building, just didn't make it. Turnover, turnover, turnover. And we came in and said, let's remodel this. Let's uh, remember what it once was, you know, in the 1920s, the Ford Model T store. Um it was Frisco's first YMCA, it was Frisco's first library. And I didn't know that. Yeah, and it has a lot of history to it. So let's give it the respect it deserves. I love that. And you know that some people suggested we tear it down, that was never even a thought of ours. Was we're absolutely never going to tear this thing down. We're going to restore it. And we have a lot next to it that We had painted with Patrick Ganino from Connecticut. He painted this amazing mural on it Mm -hmm. that that honored the Ford Model T store. Um, But then he got creative with it and put in – that was in black and white. So then he put in color uh, Back to the Future Characters and the DeLorean, uh, Michael J. Fox. And it it was just a really neat mural. So, well, how can we keep this mural – but utilize the space. So we made a little park there um, and then threw up the letters, imagine missing the I, the second I, so you can stand there and take a picture. Um, And now we're beginning to program that park. And then there's Karma Fitness in there that comes out and uses the park in the mornings and the evenings. Uh, Bittersweet Ivy expanded more than doubled their boutique, their clothing boutique there, and are having immense success. And another brewery is coming in there really Uh, three empires brewery is going to be located right in the middle of that building Um, hopefully have a beer garden out in the back it's only 1300 square feet Uh, it's just beer and they might partner with uh, one or two food folks down here and they should be open probably in under 100 days
1: amazing wow
3: very cool
2: that's exciting news
1: so, well, listen, hey, anytime I hear new breweries coming, uh, I, get, I get a little excited, no doubt about it. Um, so, hey, if you want to learn more about everything that's going on with NAC development, it's really easy. Just go to the website NAC development. That's N-A-C-K development You can click on the projects uh, button and it will take you to all of the different projects that we just talked about on this amazing podcast. So, Donnie, one thing we do at the end of every podcast is we do a little 10 questions with our guest. And uh, th- the thing is, is that we actually answer them with you, so you're not alone. Okay. Uh, but we have a little fun, so we'll have a little fun. Um, so, and we try to make the questions as different as we can with every guest, too. So
3: we all have to answer the same questions.
1: Yeah. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, exactly. So you're not alone in this in this adventure. All right. So hey, uh, we'll go easy. And this is one we actually ask all the time. Um, you know, what music is currently on your Spotify or Apple Music playlist right
3: now? I'm a big country fan. So I like Red Dirt country, I like pop country, I like all country, but then I'm probably even a bigger Ed Sheeran fan. Really? I love his music.
1: Very cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of two, a little different, both kind of yeah. singer-songwriter. Really, right. You know, obviously country's very singer-songwriter. Man,
2: I think I've been listening to a lot of Hippocampus. I got to see them live in Dallas. Um, I'd say the new Florence and the Machine album. And then I um, always have to go back to the Beatles. I grew up on the Beatles. It's kind of part of our family. So um, hippocampus
3: is that at the zoo? it's
2: not at the zoo oh. no
3: i had to i had to look it up when
1: she, she answered that once before and i had to go actually okay. google what hippocampus I will is i always plug hippocampus yeah i thought it was they edgy. were my
2: college my college music scene band
1: all right i thought it was a saturday class at the zoo. myself. <laughs> about, about hippos um so mine I, I love all kinds of music but i'm really big into the the uh, new luke Combs album uh, oh yeah. on country so it's really he's my favorite and uh Yeah, a a long neck cold beer never broke my heart. So anyway, I (laughs) love Luke Combs. All right. So what in just one word would describe downtown Frisco? Growing.
2: I was going to say burgeoning.
1: I was going to say evolving. So, hey, there's a theme. There's consensus. There's a theme. I like that. I like that. How do you relax or unwind from a busy day?
3: I don't know that I do relax. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, probably hang out at, at the pool with the family. Yeah.
2: I think my time is in the car when I'm driving home um, or wherever I'm going. And if I'm really stressed out, I'll, I'll start singing with whatever's on the radio. I'll turn it up loud so I don't hear myself, but I will start singing with the radio if I need to de-stress real quick.
1: So the pool is a definitely kind of place that I can unwind and relax. in, especially on the weekends, uh, during the week, sometimes if I just want to kind of clear my mind, I, I'll go into like a YouTube, YouTube wormhole and listen to like, you know, watch concert videos from the eighties and nineties. I don't know. My, my wife thinks it's so weird, but it just kind of just de-stresses me. So yeah, hmm. a little YouTube watch some, you know, uh, you know, Bon Jovi eighties, concerts. I don't know. It's there weird. It's weird. I admitted <laughs> it. I told you, Donnie, you're not alone. I will admit weird stuff too. All right. Um, what gives you inspiration each day?
3: Inspiration. Gosh, it comes in many parts for me. Um, leaving a legacy in the downtowns we do business in. Um, but also, you know, I didn't come from much. Uh, I came from very little raised by a single mom and I want to leave with my wife and I, between us, we have five kids. So I want them to just know um, where you're at is not where you're going to end up. And if you, if you really put the work in, you can make it happen.
1: Amazing.
2: I would say in this job, um, especially in DFW, I think meeting the people I meet through this job, through star local media, meeting people like you, Donnie, who have this vision and are going towards it. That's what inspires me to be like challenge myself. Okay, let's come up with a vision for for what we're doing at Start Local Media and and go after it. So, keep doing what you're doing because it's inspiring other people. No,
3: thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, mine's very similar to Otter yours. You know, I I've been in the media industry and doing what we're doing. You know, for 25 plus years, and my goal has always been to have whatever media company that I'm involved with be a, a true reflection of the communities that they serve. And that's what we're trying to do with the Frisco Enterprise is to make sure that, you know, the stories that we do publish and we do bring to life, you know, really reflect what Frisco is. And uh, that's what we try to strive for every day as well.
3: What's the perfect Saturday for you? The perfect Saturday for me. That's a great question, actually. Uh, Probably going to be watching some type of sports game. Uh, Probably college football Saturday. Arkansas Razorbacks.
1: My daughter goes to the University of Arkansas. Woo pig. Our oh, son does too. No and way. our other
3: son's about to be a freshman there.
1: Love it. Yeah. yeah. So
3: yeah, go Hogs. My
1: daughter's in the marching band. So. Yes.
3: Wow. And that'll be coupled with a margarita and some fajitas. And probably just some downtime with, with, with the fam watching that game.
1: Very Cool.
2: I'd say any good Saturday starts with sleeping in until like 11. Um, oh, to be a late oh, be brunch, a late brunch, maybe. And usually, I don't know, getting dinner. I like just hanging out with people. As long as I'm around people, I'm happy. So getting dinner, going to an event, doing something.
1: That's such a Gen Z answer. All right. So, uh, no, no, very cool. You, you fit the mold. Um, so mine is actually kind of similar to yours. Um, love fall Saturdays. I love waking up, watching college game day, uh watching football during the day, you know, hanging out with friends at, at night, going to see live music maybe in the evening, having a great dinner, uh just just kind of, you know, having fun, having fun. Yeah. Uh, Saturdays are Saturdays are for fun. Outside of Frisco mm-hmm. or any downtown that you've been involved with, you know, what is your favorite downtown to go visit? Let let's start let's two part. Okay. In Texas and outside of Texas.
3: Okay. Um I won't use Greenville South Carolina again cuz I already used it and I won't use Pasadena Texas cuz we already talked about it or Pasadena California. Um so the s- outside of Texas would be Fort Collins Colorado. Ah. Uh very cool downtown uh, where you can you can walk all day in their downtown and uh jump from business to business restaurant to restaurant. Colorado
1: State is there too, correct I think.
3: Uh Colorado State
1: Fort Collins, I can't remember. That that. is
3: in. um, We'll have to Google it. We'll Google it. We need a producer to Google it. Which one's in um, University Colorado? Is in Boulder, right? Yeah, I think. uh, Gosh, no, I just drew a blank. In this, where's Air Force? Uh, Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs is what I was thinking of. Okay, so yes. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Fort Collins downtown is a great downtown. Cool. And in Texas, you know, everyone around here loves to say McKinney or Grapevine. I'm, I'm going to go down to Austin and Rainy Street and um, Congress and hang out in Austin. We, our last podcast we recorded, we talked about their favorite place to visit was
1: Austin. And I always feel like I'm 67, not 47 when I go to Austin because I I
3: don't know. It's such a great young vibe. It's so much fun. That's why I tell people that I'm 27. They're like, man, you bald early. (laughs) That's the move. I'll have to to dye
1: my hair. (laughs) I I, I grade early for sure. Um, Sports or arts or both?
3: Both. Uh, My whole life, sports. Uh, College baseball player. Uh, It's funny. People from high school know me as a basketball player, but I played college baseball. Uh, But now... You know, into family life and city life. Uh, I really love the arts. A few years ago, my wife and I went and saw some Broadway shows in New York and blew me away. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I'm a huge live music fan. Any Any live music, if someone wants to just sit in the corner and sing to me, I'll sit down and listen. Audrey, there
1: you go.
2: I, well, (laughs) I veer towards arts because I grew up in arts, but I will say some of my favorite stories that I've written through, through my job have been about sports and about the intersection of art and sports. I think I point to, um, filming at the star for American underdog, you know, things like that are getting to cover the world cup coming and just that intersection of both, I think is, is some of my favorite projects I've done.
1: That's cool. So like you, sports my whole life from when I can remember to, to now, um, sports nut. But my wife is, um, we've been married almost 25 years. She's a retired high school band director and retired band director. She introduced me to the the beauty of the arts and whether it be live theater, live music beyond just rock shows. Uh, so I can, I you know, I love going to to rock concerts, to symphonies, to musicals, and then always, you know, love love going to sports games
3: yeah
1: all right so what advice would you give an entrepreneur that just hasn't taken the
3: plunge yet to do their own thing you know i heard this stat once that before the great depression 90 percent of america were entrepreneurs after the great depression and fast forward to today it's flipped wow that folks just stopped believing in themselves and, uh, Tori Hunter's a business partner of mine and you'll hear him say the most expensive place in the world or the richest place in the world is the graveyard where folks take all their dreams and ideas that they never acted on and it dies with them. And wow, it's profound, isn't it? It is. When you actually think about that. yeah, Yeah. And I, What's the worst that can happen? It didn't work, but you learned a lot. Uh, I'd say absolutely go for it if you're willing to learn, right? You can win or you can learn. And when you take failure out of the equation, making the leap, I think, is easy. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I I can relate. I mean, my wife and I bought Star Local Media in January of this year. Um, I'd always worked for media companies, uh, in various roles from starting out as a sports editor, at a daily newspaper to, you know, running, uh, you know, chief revenue officer of a multi-million dollar digital media company. Um, but I never had done it on my own. And, uh, when my wife retired from education, we wanted to do something together. I didn't want to travel anymore. So I busted our local media and, uh, it's, you know, Hey, it's a lot of work. It's, but you know what? I'm glad that we've taken the plunge and we're learning as we go. Um, but, um, hopefully that the community has noticed that, you know, we're trying to, uh, play a vital role in the, in the community of educating and informing the public of what's going on. That's our job.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. Last question. What do you want your legacy to be? gosh no one's it's, asked it's, me that. it's the one we always end with so i mean what do you want yeah. your legacy to be
3: that i made a difference right that um i came to a town where their downtown wasn't thriving and put our our heart into it put to be honest everything we had into it at the time we just we just went for it and it was really just what i said what's the worst that's going to happen I'm going to learn a lot, right? Uh, But for me, and I think people get this wrong all the time, that we can do things a certain way and make a ton of money with developing downtowns. We don't do things that way. We're very intentional in how we do things. We do things a certain way to make the downtown great. And for me, I want people to remember I was here to help those that were already here to prop them up and make sure they continue to succeed at a much higher level than they ever have and bring a lot more people who want someone to take a risk on them because they are a mom and pop shop and a lot give them the opportunity, afford them the opportunity to succeed in business and create a downtown that our country talks about. And when we can walk away from this downtown saying we've done that, Uh, That's what I want the legacy to be.
1: Well, I think that's a great place to end the podcast for today. So Donnie Churchman, thank you for joining us on focus on Frisco and uh, thank you for, you know, investing in in Frisco's downtown. I think uh, like you
3: said, I think it's only just begun. Yeah. Thank you both for, for having me and thank you for covering it and everything that you're all doing for the city. Well, we appreciate that. So, Hey, you're listening to
1: the latest and greatest episode of Focus on Frisco, a podcast powered by the Frisco Enterprise and Star Local Media. For Audrey Henry, I'm Rick Rogers. We will catch you next time.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com.